Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we have a returning guest today who appeared back in May 2022, which was episode 241. Uh, David Webster is the chairman of the 79th Group. Um, and one of their brands is the 79th Resources, being one of the fastest growing natural resource companies in West Africa, exploring and identifying gold and other mineral deposits around the region. David is a natural leader and previously one of the largest landlords uh, here in the UK, with many years experience in the property sector uh, as both a developer and a landlord. Um, He moved into the resources sector about 10 years ago and has developed a large portfolio of natural resource projects in West Africa, measured by the number of natural resource concessions under management across the region. Uh, The portfolio consists of uh, gold, bauxite, iron ore, diamonds and cocoa, uh, concessions, the majority of the concessions being uh, situated across Guinea. Um, today's going to t- give us an update on the activities in West Africa um, and also some new developments uh, that they're involved in across the Middle East um, and obviously much more. So that's welcome back, David, to the podcast. How are you doing, David? Yeah, I'm doing very well, Rob. Yeah, great to be back. Good to see you. Yeah, and I appreciate your time as well. And I know you've been very busy. Um, obviously, we were just speaking off air and you've had a a few a few things in your life that have been very serious. So, like I said, I appreciate you coming back on. Um, for those that haven't listened to that previous episode, appreciate if you can go back, which was the episode was in May 2022, which is episode 241, um, after obviously listening to this. So, those that haven't listened to that episode, um, David, just wanted to give us a, a, a snapshot of your career um, and then obviously tell us about 79th Resources. Okay, uh, snapshot of my career. Christ, I mean, how long have you got? Um, <laughs> uh, left school at 13 uh, to work with my father, um, market trader, entrepreneur, brilliant at buying low, selling high, um, could make money out of anything. Um, so I was on the streets of Liverpool with him, hated every minute of it. If that was hard, hard work, that Rob. Um, so, you know, on when you're on the market stalls in the winter, you really know you're working hard, I promise you. Um, so got that, moved into retail, buying and selling again, um, developed a business there with the family. Uh, that worked out well. Um, and then we moved into real estate back in the mid-80s, late 80s. One of the first companies, families, whatever, to hit the buy-to-let market when nobody had ever heard it. Absolutely did lots and lots of that. That was brilliant. Then moved into development uh, with my brother. Um, that worked out really well. Um, and we did we did extremely extremely profitable uh, business there. So that was good. Then um, I retired at 40, did that well, had all the trappings, um, retired at 40, as I say. Um, and I found myself in a really strange place where I was able to retire, but no one else could. So I, was, I found myself very lonely, believe it or not. And I was actually saying to people, come over, I'll pay your flight, I'll pay your food. And they're going, well, we're working. We're too big. We just can't get the time off work. So I did that, did that for a couple of years. And then I just got so bored, um, did the golf, did everything, you know. And then all of a sudden I got 
asked by a, a huge law firm who were well-known, SNR Dentons, through a barrister friend of mine in Manchester to consult of, uh, for some of their clients. It was in the mineral resources space in West Africa. Their attitude was they want somebody who says it how it is, kicks the door in verbally, uh, makes sure the client doesn't get ripped off. They want someone who says it how it is. So I was in the middle of Africa, and that's when the door opened. I could see what other people couldn't, um, in my opinion. They were very focused on where they were going, but they were missing the bigger picture. So I came home, put a few pounds into it, partnered with a, uh, a company out there. We did a couple of years together. I didn't quite like the way they were focused and what they were focused on. Sort of a nine-to-five attitude, which doesn't work for me. You, you know, my dad told me, Rob, he said, if your eyes are open, you're in work. And that's the way it is. If you're self-employed, your eyes are open, you're in work. You can't switch off at five o'clock. If you think you can, you're not going to be wealthy in life. You're just not. It's a fact. Um, so did that. Came out, spotted the opportunities. Then my eldest boy, Jake, was coming through the ranks. Um, and we decided, he ended up in Africa with me. So we decided to do some small-scale mining, importing all the equipment from the States and around the world set up our own mining plants, um, worked with the locals, built up some great uh, relationships with the local communities. And then we decided after that, that it wasn't for us because the rewards weren't worth the commitment. So we dis- we came out of Africa and with the ambition to go back and buy all the land instead, instead of being the middlemen. We shipped gold all over the world. But this is when gold was $1,000 a kilo, Rob, five, six years ago, wherever it was. And I said, this metal is going through the roof. If you can spot what's happening in the world, the ripples in the water, it's going through the roof and it's going to. And by the way, it's artificially low right now as well, gold. They have to keep it low because it just blows everything else out the water as an investment. We know that. 6,000 years of history tells us that. We know it's the truth. So I said, let's go build up our war chest in the UK, did some property dealings, blah, 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 move forward got a couple of million pounds in the bank and then reinvested and bought as many gold and mineral rich sites as we can. And I think we have 19 under management right now, which I think is more than any other company. Um, It's irrelevant whether it is or not, but it's great considering we come from nothing. Um, And now we've got three of them are extremely advanced in exploration with great numbers in the gold. Um, And we're being approached by companies all over the world who want to partner with us. So that's not a bad journey. No, it sounds it as well. You're obviously a company, a company that's been known to move quickly and pivot quickly based on what's obviously happening in the world. Um, can you give us an update on what is happening with your, obviously, um, licenses and natural resources business since we last spoke? Yeah, I can. I, th- I think pivot's a, pivot's a great word, and it's also very much as similar to diversified diversification. I'm not a massive fan of diver- diversification, but... I come out with a statement recently, Rob, at a seminar. What used to take, what used to work on the first of January used to work in the first of January afterwards. It was very little movement, but now what works on a Monday doesn't work on the Friday of the same week. It's so fluid the world right now. So I'm all about risk mitigation at the minute. So if I find out that, um, or it's presented to me that somebody needs something, and I know there's a demand. We make sure that we're at the front end on the supply side. And while my job is my sole job for this company is to predict where we need to be and how much can I, how much is it going to cost me to be there? Okay. For instance, I've just bought 300 square kilometers of bauxite rich land. 
I don't need to lie about it. It's not the best box site in the world, but it's decent. But I've paid $50,000 for 300 square kilometers of land, Rob. My exposure is less than anybody else's. Now, it doesn't matter what I do with that land. I hope I'll partner with a, a box site professional. Great. But if they don't, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'll do something with the land. It's fine. Because if it's got box site, it's got other things in the land also. We know that. So we'll get round to that. Where we're at at the moment, we've got 19 under management. We've got three extremely advanced in exploration with uh, SRK using companies like S sorry, using companies like SRK as our geology partners um, who de-risk us. Ernst Young, who makes sure the companies run right, who de-risk us. Deloitte to do all of our um, auditing, et cetera, who also de-risk us. We make sure that we get the best out of these companies to make sure that we're not a risk. That is my point here. Most people like us, Rob, would have gone into this business with their eyes shut and they believe a piece of paper or a computer. It's not good enough. We need to be on the ground. We test it in person. We're with the locals in person. We meet everybody involved in person. That's our USP, if you like, or our edge. But we act quick. We just act quicker than the rest. We've got deepish pockets at the moment, so I can write a check, a reasonable, reasonable size check at the moment. Someone comes to me tomorrow with the best gold mine in Guinea or Sierra Leone or somewhere like that, I can write a check for 10 or $20 million. That's what we've done in the last three years. Okay, And I'm out buying at the moment as well. I've just bid on another 10 gold permits, which are already proven. So I, I'm already de-risking again. And I'll always come back to de-risk, de-risk. We don't go into it blind like others do. Yeah, that is good to hear. Um, when we spoke, the markets were in terminal, which is obviously uh, six, nine months ago. Um, but obviously, you were still positive about the outlook for commodities. Um, today, obviously, the global economies are still still suffering. Do you still feel the same? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do with even even more positiveness because, you know, I've got to be really careful here. I don't want there to be wars in the world or I don't want there to be turmoil because, believe it or not, when the market recovers and goes up again, that's when we make most of our profit. I want it to go up again, but it's never going to go up while people are invading other countries and what have you and creating uncertainty. You know, so you'll always get the market bottoming bottoming out. So you've just got to spot when that's going to happen. But we knew it was going to bottom out on the back of Trump, on the back of Brexit, all the rest of it. And then there was a few little skirmishes around the world. And then all of a sudden you've got this bloody Ukraine rubbish, which is terrible. And then you've also got this Turkey, Syria earthquake. Believe it or not, it really affects what we do every day. Now, most people don't know that, but especially minerals, which are the true currency on Earth once again. So that's why we're buying as much as possible at the minute. Your strap line uh, is like to call an action to your network uh, to invest differently, as you've sort of alluded to in some of your uh, uh, content just now. Um, can you elaborate on that? And what is the difference? What's the difference about your portfolio? And why do you think you're different to others in the sector? And obviously, I know you mentioned that you're you're on the ground speaking to everyone. But what else is different about yourselves um, compared to other competitors? I, I think I, th I think you see the word invest is a word that we don't really like. We're trying to get away from it in the in the uh, mineral side of our business. We actually have no investment at all. It's actually uh, totally unencumbered. There's no debtor to it. We've funded that out of our own pockets. 
that's a Webster owned project, you know, but now we're sending it to market and we haven't got bottomless pockets. So we're sending it out into the investment world to use that world again, that word again, but we're not sending it out looking for investors per se. We're looking for partners now. You know, if you look at what we're doing around the world, we're doing it different because what worked for the last 10 years in the UK specifically is broken. It could be with the world turmoil. It could be the regulatory side. It could be people's appetite. It could be scoundrels in the business. We, every one of them, I'm trying to get away from, okay? Because they damage our, our business going forward. So we look at where the damage is and we look at where the negativity is and we position ourselves on the opposite side of that coin, if you like. For instance, and I'll take it back to real estate. Everyone in real estate development does the same thing. It's start at A, and you hope you get spat out at Z two years later. Well, there's so many moving parts in that now, you can't guarantee that anymore. Our real estate model is buy on a Monday because we already know what we're doing on a Friday. We know what our exit route is, so we're already different. Every project we do, we, we, we are the ultimate buyer of our own investor network. We don't look for some American or Chinese hedge fund with a telephone number in the bank, which are very rarely real anyway. So we are the ultimate buyer. We're well backed by our private funders. We have an amazing investor base into our real estate business, but we're now about to launch the mineral side. And that was always being classed as our pension because this is this is an 11 year journey, Rob, that started as a almost like a bit of almost like a bit of fun. Like let's buy a gold mine. But now we've got that many of them. It makes us the biggest operator on earth. So that's where we're going on this. So it's it's grown, grown, grown. And I'm not going to say it's all skilled. There's been a bit of luck on the way. You know, you need your luck every time. But the growth is astronomical at the minute. And I think you're probably going to come on to where we're going later in the conversation. But, you know, when you've got listed companies around the world calling you saying, listen, we're in gold in Peru. We're in gold in we, we operate in gold in Peru and Canada and all of these places, but we really need to be in West Africa and we can't get in. How about a JV? How about a profit share? The sort of educating me about the two things, A, we're doing something right, and B, we don't need them because if they're coming after me, we're on the right track. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, um, you're developing some presence in uh, Dubai and the Middle East now. Um, obviously building up a lot of momentum. Um, and I've seen you've been obviously doing some media um, and you've obviously just recently <laughs> opened an office there. Um, what's significant about the UAE um, and what's your strategy being placed out there? Well, well, UAE is really important. I think the, the, I'm going to be really careful here. The UAE was always seen until recently as the, almost like the new... Marbella, if you like, where people could go and thought they could get away with anything. Okay. And it was the case. That was the case there. But they have had several meetings with the Dubai government, um, minister level with their lawyers in the room. And they've got a new vision, Rob. The UAE knows it can't operate globally while their banks are on the grey list or the blacklist. So that they've had a lot of pressure off the OECD. They're cleaning their act up. I sat in front of one of the ministers and he actually admitted to me. Face to my face, we accept 90% of what we do here or the minerals are all stolen or they're not correct, okay? But we've had enough. We're clearing it up. We're now going to operate the way you're used to and companies like ours who are aligning themselves to the United Nations, et cetera, you know, 
And he goes, that's where we need to be. I said, right, I'm in. If you're going to do that, I'm in. So what they did was they rolled out the red carpet for us. They said, Dave, we need companies like you here. We don't want you to use us as a halfway house. We want you to dig your minerals out the ground, but store them in the Middle East, store them in the UAE, UAE, not instantly sell them to India or China. I said, listen, love it. Absolutely love it. So they roll, as I say, they rolled that red carpet out for us. They said, this is our long-term vision and we want you here. And they made it very, very obvious to me and my family that they did want it there. And I think that's why we spend a lot of time there now. So they've committed to us, Rob, and we've committed to them as well. Yeah. And what's obviously your your plans uh, over uh, being in Dubai? What are your plans? And obviously I know you can probably only say so much, but what, what are you looking to, I suppose, achieve over... Um, the short to medium term in the Middle East, because obviously I, I I can see now the Middle East really expanding their mining industry. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on in the various countries. I deal with a few companies in Saudi Arabia, um, and over the over the decades they they keep saying they're going to do do things in the mining industry. Um, and I think sometimes they have all, all well intentions, but they don't execute on them. But I think now is the time that they are now going to push forward with a lot of lot of things they're going to do in the mining industry and obviously look to build mines. What, what, what kind of strategies are you looking at within Dubai and probably further afield in the Middle East? I, I, you know, you've mentioned Saudi there, Robin. You know, Natalie, my CEO, and I recently were asked to consult for the Saudi Arabian government. I mean, it was almost like, it was almost like, a, you know, a pat on the back or for the hard work, if you as such that you've got this minister saying, "What would you do with our business?" And I'm thinking, this is the Saudi Arabian government, and they were really nice guys. But what it does show is that they're they're not just focused on one mineral anymore, being or oil or something like that. They're thinking outside the box themselves. They're diversifying themselves just in case something goes wrong again. Because look at what's gone wrong to the world in the last five years, Rob. You, it's just mm. it's just bad news after bad news after bad news. So even like the Saudis, they're not sitting back and saying, we've got oil forever. They're now doing lots of gold mining. They're doing different businesses. Um, so we're in the UAE because specifically Dubai, um, and the UAE has had a really good 30-year relationship with the Republic of Guinea. That trade route has been open for years. Um, and because we're based in the Republic of Guinea, it just makes more sense to be in Dubai more than anywhere or, you know, Ras al Khaimah and places like this because it's growing so quickly. You know, if you look at Ras al Khaimah, one of the poorest Emirates, if you like, it's still 10 years behind Dubai, 20 years behind they're doing a $2 billion win hotel there from Las Vegas. I mean, they don't do things by half, but we knew this. We got onto this early. So we were in there. I've been in Dubai now messing around there for about three years. And I just sensed because of the trade route, that was the place we had to be. And it, they make it easy for you. And it comes on to a pro-business, positive, we-can-do attitude, which unfortunately, Rob, and I hate to say it, is the complete opposite of the UK. And that's, on, that's a reality of life right now. As a mining company, which we're not, by the way, okay, we're an asset management company in the mining space. We are not per se a mining company. We may end up being a mining company, but we're not in that space right now. All we're doing is buying a lot of minerals inland because we love land. They just happen to have lots and lots of minerals in them, but we may end up mining and we'll see. We'll see where we go. But as a company in the, in the Middle East, 
it's the perfect place to be because while they like a little bit of real estate, they absolutely love minerals. It's just the place to be for it. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have a diverse portfolio. Um, how do you manage the expansion of your commodities uh, business and also continue growth in the real estate business? So obviously, you've got a lot of lot of things going on in in the minerals and obviously real estate. How to keep it all together? Uh, just a fantastic team. There's, it's not all about me, I promise you. I mean, today I've come in, I've just got back from Dubai, I think about 36 hours ago. Absolutely wiped out. Um, but I must admit, I couldn't wait to get in here today. I've got a brilliant team, an amazing CEO. Who, I, I, I'm telling you now, she is by far the best CEO in the country. I don't care who else there is. This lady will wipe the floor with them. But she's got energy. She's got a sense of humor. She's she she's human. You know, you can have a good. I think you may have met Natalie. She's brilliant. But the the thing is, I've also got my two eldest sons working, and as a team, they release me to do the one th the two things I'm meant to do for my job: buy cheap, and 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 think about where we need to be. That's all I'm. That's all I'm here for, Rob. My job here is not to work per se. My job is to think. And what, but what I do before I make any decision, and it comes back to what I said to you at the start of this, it's about your team. I run it by my board, ex-HMRC geniuses, ex-regulatory you know, geniuses, compliance geniuses, bankers, just to double check I'm right. If I'm, And by the way, Rob, I'm not always right. Sometimes they give me a better idea, but that's great strength and depth. Wonder if you can just expand on your on your management team and what their sort of function main functions are within the business. Um, management team is 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 a, is a, is a big team. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think we've now got about fifty employees globally out of five offices uh, around the world. Um, the management team is always UK based at the moment. Um, we will expand that outside shortly, but it's all about the quality of the people you use. If you look at here, for instance, on my board here is amazing. We have internal experts who used to are so high level work with SRK, our geology partner, um, who are a brand on the best brand in the world in their space, in my opinion. Um, but I have internal experts as well, just to double check their work. But SRK double check my internal experts work. So we have a really good team. You've got people like Andy Cole, the ex boss of um, special investigations for the HMRC. What that man doesn't know about cross border taxes and cross border laws is not worth knowing. He's an absolute mammoth in that space. Adrian Kelby, a regulatory giant for the came from the nuclear industry. You know, both of them awarded the CBE for their efforts for the British government. They're the people I lean on. So it's not all about me with like these brainstorms. I do have some crazy ideas. I'll tell you this, Rob, for every 10 ideas I have, eight of them get shut down by the by the guys upstairs because they think, whoa, that's just too, that's just too outside the box. But that's where your money comes from. I always say to the guys upstairs, money's not made black and white. Money's made between the black and white. You've got to weave your way through the world problems. You know, sometimes I call it the gray, but that tells you the wrong thing. Um You've got to think differently. And we are different, that's for sure. You know, I always come up with a phrase. In Guinea and other countries like it, if an opportunity comes up, I'm on the ground 12 hours later doing the deal with the guy in a room with my lawyers. I'll fly in, I'll drop everything. 
Other companies are still thinking about hiring a private jet. But I'm already there. And I'll bring, I'll take a checkbook with me. So I'll secure that deal. And also what helps me is the fact that our ESG policy is absolutely state-of-the-art. We give more back to the local communities than anyone. Mining companies are always and probably always will be, always have been, always will be. They're just greedy. They don't like to give a penny away. For me, the local communities are the key to our business. So we like to give more away because I'd still rather have 80% of 50 mines than 100% of one, Rob. Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit more about your ESG policies? Because obviously it's a, it's a probably number one topic um, in, in the mining industry. I've just come back from uh, the mining in Darbia in Africa, and obviously ESG is one of the main focal points, points there. So I just wonder if you can just expand on that. I, I, do you know? Do you know what, Rob? I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you something. You might laugh. ESG to me two years ago, I didn't even know what it meant. Okay, but we were already doing it. So when Natalie joined with her regulatory background, ESG compliance, and she has a brilliant uh, CV. I mean, off the chart CV when it comes to that space because she did it for some blue chips, ESG compliance, AML regulatory. You'd be a brave man to take that woman on. And someone said to me recently. You know, you might upset some of the other mining companies because you're giving so much back to the community. I said, well, that's their problem, not mine. I think I'm doing the right thing. That's the right thing to do because that 80%, if I'm only getting 80% of the property of the profit, sorry, that gives me another one next door and another one next door and another one next door. But more importantly, those communities then are my security, my friends, my employees. They want to watch your back. And because I've been in Guinea for 11 years, Rob, I understand their culture. People who sit in the Berge or wherever and, and you know, the Gherkin in London, they don't understand the culture and the way of life out there. You can't you can't learn that from a computer. You've got to be on the ground. Yeah, certainly. And I totally agree with you there. Um, obviously, you had a significant uh, year last year, launching new products, running events around the world. What do you think the next year looks like? For 79 group and for 79 resources i think i think i think resources um is 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 going to go through the roof we've just um launched a private equity partnership in uh, the dmcc uh over in dubai um that's for 49 shareholders only that's all we're offering out and i think another usp we have is that we are we we have we have worked so bloody hard to get this right we're not just going for the quick hit here. We want the journey with our partners. So we're inviting 49 partners in. We're keeping 51% of the company, but we're going for the long term. And that leads us into something else. We've just been approved to go into the American market, which is so difficult. I cannot tell you how difficult that is, but it comes down to the quality of people again. We employ ex-SEC board directors, lawyers in New York who are, just at the top of their game. Yeah, they're expensive, Rob, but they protect you. You know, we use the rules to our advantage not to try and get around them. We use them to our benefit, but you have to deal with the right people in life. If you look at the, in America, Canada, Dubai, we have the best people around us, but the resources space is what I'm completely focused on now because the real estate runs itself. Jake and Curtis, my boys upstairs, they pretty much run that anyway, okay? We're expanding that space as well, because there's more and more deals now available because the banks are now having it hard. I don't care what you see on the TV. 
that banks are in distress in the UK because there's no money. It's all fictitious computer-generated numbers. It doesn't exist. The banks are recalling a lot of their loans. The repossessions are through the roof. All opportunity. One thing I never do is buy off a family or a person. It's always got to be a company. I would not take advantage of a family or a, an individual. I, I just don't think that's morally right. Um, but resources is our complete focus at the minute. But you can't take your eye off that because people now need minerals more than ever. Forget green, forget hydrogen, forget all the rest of it. That ain't happening for 10 or 20 years, I promise you. Yeah. And lastly, as a conclusion, just wondered um, if you've got anything else that you want to add to um, to, your, to our audience. Obviously, it's a majority of it's all, all mining. Um, and obviously, you're, you've been a successful entrepreneur in the real estate business and you're making strides in the, uh, in the mining world. Um, is there anything that you would like to sort of, I suppose, tell our mining audience and mining community um, any lessons that they could uh, learn from from your obviously vast experience in in business? Do you know what, Rob? I've, I've found as I do all these events around the world. You know, we're in Dubai, lot, we're in Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, and it doesn't matter what you say. You're always going to get people who disagree with you, right? Okay, so that comes back to my earlier point: always just be yourself. I think if I was to advise someone, first they'll advise in the third person scenario. Believe in yourself, work 16 hours a day, not six. Like some people expect wealth off a six-hour shift. That ain't going to happen, okay? Because it's harder now than ever to even break even. I promise you it is. Because everybody's got their hands out trying to pick your pocket, right? We know that. You know, that's just the expense of, the, the, uh, of work these days. Lawyers, accountants, everything's just double the price. We know that. But as a company and us as a company, we like to keep things simple. Always keep business simple. You don't need 10 people to tell you and pat you on the back and say you're right. Just believe in yourself. Keep it simple. My my, What works well for me more than anything? I think it's intuition, instinct, whatever you want to call it. I can look at a building or I can look at a piece of land and I just know whether I'm paying too much for it or I'm getting it cheap. That is maybe the one thing I'm good at in life. You know, so... We go around the world now, we're being offered right at the minute, our real estate companies looking at golf courses, leisure parks. We've just bid on um, £40 million worth of leisure parks, you know, golf courses, equestrian centres, because that's the next move. I, I truly believe they're the next thing that are going to kick off in the UK. But also that business travels around the world well as well. It's one of the biggest businesses in, in America. Most people don't know that. So that's another interest for us in the States because so we'll develop some stuff in the States as well. But the minerals, that is so simple for me, Rob, because it's just land. Everyone talks about the minerals, gold, diamonds, all the rest of it. It's just land with a different type of value. I just need to make sure the value is in it before I buy it. So I make sure three times over, me and my boys are not at risk. Now, if I look at business that way, all of our businesses, or sorry, all of our investors have to be as near to zero risk also because I'm de-risking for me and my family. So if they're coming on board with me, they get that, that same level of de-risk, you know, because I cannot, we're 90% through the way through a journey here, you know, and we've been approved for a full listing on the Canadian stock market, which may end up be, being a dual listing on the London A. The reason I'm looking at Canadian stock market is because the London A, it's triple the price, 
and trip three times slower. Just typical UK, you know. But you go to Canada, they're going, come in here. Canada's the place you should be, you know. I sort of agree with them, to be fair, because they're just positive people because they want what we've got. So I know where we're at at the moment. We're ticking every box in every jurisdiction around the world. We keep it simple. We buy lower than anyone else and we add value and then we either sell or we leverage out of it, refinance out of it. And if, I would never, ever miss a payment to an investor because I'll tell you why. I'm prepared to take the debt personally with my sons. So if an investor needs paying back, I'll give him his money back. No one else will do that. Everybody else wants to get rich on the back of other people's money. We started this with our own money and we're still pumping our own money in it today. So we're no different from our investor base. So with us, that is our that was our definite difference to anyone else, if you like. You know, it's always irritated me, Rob, that some people they 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 want to get rich, but they never want to take the risk. They always want somebody else to take the risk. We don't. I believe you should wear your heart on the sleeve, be committed, you know, and if this goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. There's no there's no exit for me. This has to work, okay? But thank God, other people are now believing us, and now we're being inundated with people who are saying, I want a piece of that. You were right. Some people don't say I'm right. They just go, oh, you know, he's a smart ass or something like that. But I'm not. I'm just, I just have one thing good about me. I just, to be, a, I'm just pretty good at being able to predict what's going to happen in the world. Nine times out of 10, I get it right. Everyone gets it wrong eventually, but you just swallow that into your losses, you know, and that's the way life is. Yeah. David, really appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, sharing your story. Um, like I said, you're, you're a successful entrepreneur um, and you've been making strides, obviously, in the mining industry. And uh, look forward to maybe having you again later this year, beginning part of next year, and then obviously see your journey develop. So really appreciate your time. If our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, if they want to follow you on social media, how can they go about doing that? Um, I think the best way to do that is you can contact us through LinkedIn. You can come direct to the website with a info at uh, email address on there. You can do it many, many ways. We're not, you know, we're, we're very visible at the moment. We're all over the world. There's different. I someone told me the other day we have 10 websites. I thought we still had one, Rob. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I, was like, what? I said, what do 10 websites do, you know? But uh, look, I don't need to know all that. That's the point. Yeah. The team do that. We have a brilliant team. Um, I will say this, Rob. One thing we I am good at and we are good at is making money, okay? But now I have a brilliant team who runs the company better than me, okay? So I can now focus on making money. Buy low, sell high. We're 100 mile an hour. We're the fastest growing company in the UK. We're regarded as the best at what we do because we work harder, we work smarter. But now I've got an amazing team. That's why I can pick up the phone to the States, get the best team over there. Canada, I've got the best team in Canada. Dubai, Brilliant lawyers. I mean, amazing lawyers with EY and Deloitte and, you know, Gibraltar. I mean, it's scary what we're growing here, but I'm not letting it get out of control. We watch every penny, Rob, and I'm still trying to get the cost down. That's been bred into me since I was a child, you know, by my father, you know. Today, do you know what? Here's, here's a fact. And people may laugh and go, do you know what? This guy's just an idiot. If I see a coin on the floor, I still have to pick it up. And we do well, but I still pick that money up. You never know when you need the next penny.
Yeah. And you realise the value of money and the value of uh, resources, i.e. like gold, which is money. Um, well, and the lessons to, that you've learned in life. To that point, I have never paid full price for anything in my life. The shirt I'm wearing might have been £70 on the rail or £60. If it's not £30, I'm not interested. I want a deal. It's just built into me. You know, that's that's the family, what we've done as a family for years. It's got to be about the deal. Buy low. And if you buy anything low, Rob, eventually you have to make profit on it. If you pay too much for something, eventually you have to lose money on it. It's just a yeah. fact of life. But I'll tell you something. Gold is artificially low. I've just completed on possibly the best diamond concession in the whole of West Africa. I've been after it for a year and I've got my hands on it now. We're going to launch that soon. Um, and we've also got God knows how many iron ore, bauxite, copper concessions, but they're all pre-qualified. The Guinea team has grown now to seven people with, an, with a really good in-country manager. We've got our own office over there, six people on the ground, our own security. We're now about to explode as a company, but in a good way, because I've been waiting 11 years to do this and it's got my complete focus. But now everyone's saying, do you know what? You're right. I said, well, thanks for that. Get on board then. Let's make more money together. That's what we do. Yeah. Great. I love, Dave, I really love the story. And um, I want you on later this year or next year with further developments, further progress. Um, and obviously, we can look at previous episodes to see how far you've grown. And I know you've grown so much. So really appreciate your time. Um, obviously, all your contact details, your websites, etc., will be in the show notes of Companies Podcast. So like I said, yeah. really appreciate your time, Dave. And uh, all the best for 2023. It's a, it's a pleasure. And But one question, Rob. How come I look older and you look younger? What's going on there? <laughs> I'm well, doing something wrong, right? <laughs> a, bit, a bit of makeup here and there and uh, a, bit of, um, <laughs> a bit of cut and paste in um, yeah. all makes a difference. No, hey, listen, joking. listen, listen. Good luck to you. Life's for living. You never know what tomorrow brings these days. So certainly. get on it and enjoy it. Certainly, certainly. Um, and to the audience listening to this podcast, um, hope you enjoyed that episode. So much to take away from there. Um, obviously, David has been in a, a different industry and then moved into the mining industry more recently. But he's taken lessons that he's learned from another in another industry and applied them to mining and has been successful. So one thing you can take away is anything that you learn in life, whether whatever industry you is, there's certain basic rules. And if you follow those rules and take them with you throughout life, you're going to be successful. Um, so I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode please share this amongst friends, family, others in the industry as I'm always saying now don't necessarily just forward this uh, podcast to um, other people in the mining industry also forward it to other people outside the mining industry we need to be we need to make the uh, non-mining people aware of the industry um, because mining is a primary industry and believe it or not it is part of our evolution and uh, growing us growing the world as we know it today so appreciate your continued support and until next time happy mining thank you for listening remember to reach out to rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review until next time happy mining helping each other to improve the mining industry